Long days and pleasant nights to you guys. This week's episode is Tyler Riley. He is an actor, director, producer, former house manager. We talk a little bit about that, and he's involved with the heat arts. A really fascinating and talented and handsome man, I may say. Um, so, a couple of things. I revamped our Patreon account, so if you go to patreon.com and look at uh, Wayward Wordsmiths Co., you can go and check us out there, make a donation if you want, if you have the extra cash lying around. More importantly, if you go to teespring.com, T-E-E-Spring.com, you can find there a campaign that I started for some t-shirts that I designed and some hoodies and stuff, and, um... 75% of that goes to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So please go check those out, and I hope you enjoy listening to this guy talk. He's probably going to be back, so I hope so. Let's do this. I'm here with Tyler Riley, which is harder to say than you'd think, because there's that double R there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he is a, an actor and a producer, and a, what else do you do, man? I direct, I'm an education coordinator, and former house manager. That was a fun seven years of my life. Now, when you say house manager... Oh, for theater. Like, okay. I know there's also, like, restaurant house managers mm-hmm. or whatever as well. And there's also someone who would just be, like, an executive butler, basically. Oh, okay. Or, uh, this is, I made that up. Or, oh. <laughs> or, or I was like, that makes sense. you just curate a... Uh, uh, <laughs> house md like dvd collections <laughs> i would be i would be so good at that <laughs> yeah. by the way special skill on my next Absolutely. next job um and uh you you're from north carolina right no south no, carolina no. nope not the kakalakis <laughs> not from the south at all okay um, i fucked that up <laughs> But that's because we've talked about my parents moved to North Carolina oh, very recently, so I've oh. gone down to visit them. Yes, that uh, during my... the time of our friendship. Yeah, so I that, wasn't I just being that. like some sort of bizarre person yeah. that just made shit up. But where are you from originally? Then I am from Burlington Township, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. okay, so Jersey boy all the way. I see, I see, and then um, that's where you're living out now. Um, not in Burlington, but yeah. in New Jersey, right? Yep. And Weehawken. Weehawken, okay. The place where Hamilton was shot. Yes! <laughs> Come visit. Please! <laughs> Some say the ghost of Hamilton still roams the banks. There is a really creepy bust of Hamilton, like, by the waterfront, like, yeah. on the dueling grounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just okay. I should mention that. <laughs> it's also a Pokestop, for those listening. <laughs> I love how everything for like specifically for that month was just like, have you heard that this is a poker stop and this and yeah. this and this? And um I was on Tumblr, the the cursed website, and um <laughs> someone said, I really miss the month that Pokemon Go came out because that was like the last really good month we had as like a country. <laughs> it really it was so nice because mm-hmm. it was like what was it, July? Yeah, something like that. And, like, the weather was, like, pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, it wasn't, like, miserably hot mm-hmm. uh, during that time. And, like, I just found places in my neighborhood that, like, I never would have thought to go. Like, streets I never would have gone down. Mm-hmm. Streets I shouldn't have gone down. But that's, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. But the, that do duo, though. You need that do duo. You do. Yeah. You do. You do do. 
That was, that was really bad. <laughs> but yeah. And like, I did like how um, everyone's like, these millennials, they need to get outside and play and like be more physical. And then, yeah. then that came out and they're like, no, not like this. This is bullshit. It was like, pick one. You get, you can't judge. You can't have it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, is that where you went to school in New Jersey as well? Or Yep. I went to what was the Richard Stockton College of New Jersey based okay. off of Richard Stockton, who signed a Declaration of Independence. I was going somewhere with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just thought you were like, like saying Stockton, and I get why. Yeah. It's nice. It's Sound, fun. Sounds like you have toffee stuck to your teeth. Stockton. <laughs> Stockton. Yes. Yeah. And he also wanted his name removed from the Declaration of Independence. So oh, yeah? Also, just why is there a school named after... I say he's a traitor. I say he's a traitor. Um, That's how I feel about it. But now it is Stockton University. Stockton University. Yeah. And they asked me if I wanted to pay $50 for an upgraded degree. And I said no. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that something that... So wait, wait, was this recently or like during the course? Yeah, it was recently. It was recently. It was after I graduated. The year after I graduated, Mm -hmm. became Stockton University. I'm like, oh, well, now you can get this new degree that says Stockton University. I was like, yeah, because every employer asked for, like, a scanned copy of my degree (laughs) or diploma. No. No, thank you. I'm just going to, like, update my LinkedIn. Like, like, it takes five (laughs) seconds to do. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to tweet. Yo, my school change. Done. Done. (laughs) And that's the thing. When you Google Tyler Riley... Robert Stockton University, that's going to be the first thing that comes up. It's, it's not that anymore. It's not, yeah. But um, I had assumed... Tyler Riley has not paid $50. I'm like, <laughs> wow, way to put my business out there, Stockton. Way to just put me on blast, <laughs> university. I assumed that when there was like, can you can you upgrade the the diploma? And I'm like, oh, what, did you get a BA and you want a BFA? Or like, for $50? Because that's a sweet deal. <laughs> well, that would like be so great. I totally would have done that. <laughs> Like if I pay two fifty, do I get an MFA? Like can I just can I just skip it? You know, please skip the. Um, and what what I assume theater arts, but did you have like a special emphasis in that school or anything like neat like that? Well, I went to Stockton originally because I was going to be a hospitality uh, management major Ooh. and work in tourism and hotels. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have been fine in that, but I like it would have just been content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually miserable, I'm sure. But um, isn't everyone? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like two, and it was the only school, like four year school at that time, really, that offered that major mm-hmm. in Jersey. Uh, trying to get that in state tuition. Okay. <laughs> um, so I went there, got really involved in the theater department, and then. I was talking to my friend Lane Jackson, who um, we'll get to eventually, I'm sure, with okay. the whole Ajax business mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about my major and like if I was really happy in it, and he was like, you know, there is a theater management major. Like, not a lot of people do it, but like it, it's there. Mm. You should you should think about that. And I was like, yeah, I would have thought about that had I known. <laughs> <laughs> So then I went to uh, my preceptor at the time, who was also um, one of the theater department heads. And she was like, yeah, 
you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did it. A cool story. No, it was, it was, (laughs) it wasn't, uh, it wasn't her. It was some, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the professors at Stockton that were in theater, like, were a real help in, like, getting Mm -hmm. me into theater management and, like, what that was. Because still not a lot of people know. It's not a very popular major. Mm Mm-hmm. But it allowed me to continue acting. A lot of my business classes that I took already, like, kind of counted towards the new major anyhow. So, Mm -hmm. like, it wasn't going to stall my graduation by any means, which was very important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, uh, so I got an internship in that major because internship was required. And that's how I got into house management. Okay. And house management is something I did for seven years. Wow. Which is just, it was a lot. Yeah. You get burnt out really quick. It's usually a second career for a lot of people. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's just, you just have to deal with, like, entitled people yeah. all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Because, like, that's um the person that, if, if there's a problem at, like, the box office or something you go to, or am I mistaken? Uh, in some cases. Okay. Uh, in my case at the Mercado Theater, it was everything from the front of the stage to the front door except for the box office. Okay. Because the box office had their own manager. Mm-hmm. And, like, they would deal with those problems. I would just deal with, like, the in-house issues. Okay. Seating problems, if there's, like, a security breach, if like, things at the bar. Mm-hmm. Security breach only happened once. So, that was... <laughs> well, you have to tell the story now. It was... During a production of Christmas Carol. Oh, good. It was a matinee, and I think it was the last day of a Christmas Carol. Or, like, one of the last matinee performances or whatever. hmm And we all have, like, I have a walkie, security has walkie, my assistant house manager has a walkie, and so does the box office. All right. So I just get a call on the walkie, like, oh, Tyler, just so you know, there's this woman who's going to try and get in. Don't let her. All right, cool. <laughs> and then, like, I'm walking around, and about safe. five minutes go by. And I'm like, I should probably ask for a description of this woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's getting... Barbara Bush. It just happens to be Barbara Bush. <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that it took me five minutes is, like, it puts me in a bad light. I was very good at my job. I just want to put it out there. <laughs> I believe It does not sound her. like it, but... And then they're like, oh, she's in um, dark hair. She's in a, like, she has, like, a hat on. Older woman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. 30 seconds go by. And I'm like, old woman in a hat at a matinee performance. <laughs> that's everybody that's <laughs> here. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, whatever. Like, we'll deal with it. Like, I'm walking around, like, just trying to see if, like, anyone's doing, like, anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. And, like, the house is opening. And then I get a call from my assistant house manager. And, like, one of our scanners, because we have, like, ticket uh, yeah. people that, like, scan the tickets going in. Mm-hmm. And they're like, a woman just pushed, like, physically pushed past oh. a ticket scanner. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, just now? Like, no, it was a couple minutes ago. I'm like, okay. Well, it wasn't her fault because yeah. the skater did not let her know. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, so, so it's I'm just not like, like all right. I can't like. They could be anywhere. Yeah. There was also two very big lobbies. Yeah. On either side of the actual house of the theater. 
Mm-hmm. Both of them like working bars and cafes and whatever. So it was just like, and they could also be upstairs in that lobby. So it's just like, all right, we'll figure it out eventually. So I'm just mm-hmm. going about just making sure everything else is taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's going to be a seating discrepancy and that'll be the moment that I find this person. Absolutely. So sure enough, five minutes before the show starts, like I still, like I haven't heard anything. And I go in the house and I look to my left and I see this woman just standing at the back of the house. Mm. I was like, all right, this could quite possibly be the moment. (laughs) So I approach A tumbleweed crosses the (laughs) (laughs) And I go up and I approach her and I say, oh, miss, the show is about to start. Can I see your ticket to, uh, you know, help you to your seat? Mm -hmm. What? You don't believe me? You don't believe that I have a ticket? Wait, let me show you. And like dramatically like goes into her purse and then like pulls out a subpoena from 1985. (laughs) The world stopped in that moment. Because I knew that no matter how much training I had in my life, nothing was going to prepare me for what was about to go down. (laughs) So I'm just like, oh boy, okay. And she launches into this diatribe about like how someone like tried to kill her in the street on Thanksgiving in 1985 and she had to call the police. And I'm like, I'm very sorry that happened to you. But do do you have a ticket? ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, launches back back into the same story. And I'm like, all right, thank you. Just hold a minute here. I call security. Mm-hmm. I explain someone in the house doesn't have a ticket. Like, you know. She has a subpoena. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Seems a little... she needs to be removed so mm-hmm. we can start the show. Mm-hmm security to me well i'll call the police are you serious with that i'm just like i i don't have time to argue over walkie right now about this situation (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like your security Mm -hmm. this is like this is like this is why you're here yeah this is why you have a job (laughs) if we just like relied on the police for this like you would not have a job Mm -hmm. you would just be a parking attendant Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden, like, my boss, like, is on walk here and just like, I'm going to be up in, like, one minute. And I'm like, when did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like kind of, like, accused her, but, like, I mean, I didn't say that. But, like, mm-hmm. in my mind, like, what? Like, what? How? Yeah. When? Like, were you ever going to announce that you were here to anybody? <laughs> How long have you been listening to this yeah. whole situation? <laughs> is this a test? Have I failed? Am I going to lose my job? Yeah. So she comes up. She just looked annoyed. Yeah. Like, really, you can't handle this situation kind of a thing. She didn't say it, but, like, her eyes yeah. like, said it all. Give that side eye. And then, like, I just back up. Like, yeah. you know, just make sure the rest of the house is, like, ready to go. Like, checking in with the stage manager. Like, this is the situation. Mm-hmm. I come, like, and I see that the woman has launched into the diatribe. And I just see my boss's face. <laughs> With just sheer shock. <laughs> that <awe>. switch. <laughs> and she was just like, Tyler, can I can I talk to you outside real quick? And I was like, sure. 
Mm-hmm. She's like, not as like, simple as you thought. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? Not so easy, huh? Mm-hmm. And like, we start like launching into like, all right, game plan. What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of here? And like, while we're doing that, we get a call in the walk from my assistant house manager. I was ab- able to get her out into the side lobby. And we're like, great. Because there are no handles on that side of the door. Once mm-hmm. the doors are closed, you cannot get back in. You have to go back into the main lobby yeah. where we're talking. Yeah. It's like, great. We can, the show can start. She is like in a space. Contained. <laughs> She's the contained. contained. <laughs> the way I imagined, I know, like, I'm sorry for stopping the story. No problem. But like, I, the way I imagined was like, she lured her out into the side lobby. It was just like <laughs> dropping Reese's yeah. pieces. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yes. Just like E.T. or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like, awesome. And then we said we walk towards that lobby and we hear her like full volume just talking. And I'm just like, oh gosh, like, I guess like our poor bartender is listening to this story. Mm -hmm. Go around the corner. She is talking to herself. Oh no. And our bartender is like cowering in the closet (laughs) at the far end of the lobby, like not wanting anything to do with this woman or this situation. And I did not blame her at all. I do not get paid enough to deal with this shit. Yeah. Oh, and, like the police were called, like I think oh, okay. my boss made the call to like the, because uh, McCarter Theater is on Princeton University campus. So oh, okay. The campus police. Oh, right. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. So. Yeah. They show up. Same diatribe, mm-hmm. same like, <laughs> same look of like, really, you had to call us. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I felt like I ended up feeling bad for this woman because, like, she gets to the diatribe and the cop just goes, uh, So I'm assuming you just didn't take your medication today? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> Wait, well, wait to be a bit rude. Number yeah. one, number two. But no, like she already has a yeah. subpoena from 1985. She, she could have a 1920s pistol in that purse as well. Like yeah. we just don't know. <laughs> that originally, when you were like, she pulls out. I'm like, did she have a gun? Yeah. I need to see this play. <laughs> it's the opposite of Birdman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they get her out. Mm-hmm. She decides that she's going to go to this museum. Okay. That does not exist. And like twenty minutes later, that she's like she's like outside the theater oh, again, no. but on the other side. Oh no! And we're just like, everyone's just like looking at her, mm-hmm. just like you're not you're not getting in. <laughs> so we're just like looking at her, just like shaking our heads, no. Mm-hmm. She's like not getting hit, and then we just all walk away, mm-hmm. and that's the end. Like this one just oh that's left in the cold. Like that is sad. It's sad, God. but like. Also, but <laughs> yeah, come on, lady. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I. Oh, that's a hell of a thing. It, yeah, it was just. There's no preparation for that. No, absolutely not. Um, and so you did that for seven years. I did huh? that for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the McCarter at Stockton, doing like the department shows. We had mm-hmm. a house manager for like the traveling shows that went into our performing oh, cool. arts center. Oh. Um, at a small theater company in Philadelphia. And then I was the audience services coordinator at Jacob's Pillow in the Berkshires. Oh, cool. For one season. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) McCarter's pretty, like, moderately prestigious, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think didn't John Lithgow be somehow involved with that at some point? I know he. I, I believe he's performed there. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of times. I mean, Emily Mann yeah. is the artistic director, playwright, Broadway director, mm-hmm. uh, who's just such a lovely person. Yeah, good. Uh, I ran into her in, uh, in the city about a month or so ago mm-hmm. at a show. Mm-hmm. Still remembered me, still remembered me by name. It was just awesome. like, could not have been sweeter. Um, she's like, she's just like a really caring person that like, make, like goes around and like makes sure like that you know that your work is being appreciated. That's wonderful. Yeah, she's really great. Uh, the reason I the John Lithgow thing is because I can just hear his voice. The McCarter Theater. <laughs> I was like, why do I know that? <laughs> but um, but yeah. Uh, and so, how did you transition? I mean, like, I kind of you you were doing both acting and managing all at the same time, I assume, and that was part of the transition Not into like really no, okay. Um, then how once I was hired over? by the McCarter, yes. like the acting kind of stopped mm. uh, just because of the nature of house managing. Like it's mm-hmm. all in the evenings, like mm-hmm. you perform in the evenings yep. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was uh, fortunate to also have like a department, like a front of house team that was very supportive of me and each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. So if there was like a show that like I really wanted to do they had my back and would like take on shifts so that I could get to rehearsals and things like that. Mm. And McCarter was also dark in the summer for the most part as well, which also helped. Yeah. Um, but I think I only did two shows oh, wow. uh, during that time. One, I had to step in uh, just due to lack of diversity at my <laughs> <laughs> and the de- theater department of my university at that time, mm-hmm. or alma mater at that time. I had graduated. Uh-huh. Uh, so I stepped back into a show. On a similar note, oh, okay. um, <clears throat> like only at the antithetical note, in Minnesota in the high school, um, Miles, you know, my roommate, mm-hmm. he was in a production of The Wiz. Let that sink in. You know Miles. You've seen him. He was in a production of The Wiz, and not a single black person was in The Wiz at a high school production level. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard several productions of All White The Wizes. Like, oh, so... I kid you not. <laughs> like, we'll just do Wizard of Oz then. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, I, I, I do, like, I get that, but I also, like, kind of appreciate... Yeah. White productions of The Wiz. Okay. I'm, like, I know I'm in the minority of that, I'm sure, but I'm... But, like, go on, um, explain yourself, sir. But, I mean, the, that work should be appreciated. Oh, for sure. And then you don't really have to, like... In my high school, I grew up in a very diverse town. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, no, Pippin is not written to be portrayed by a white actor. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how it's been yeah and had they waited <laughs> on a white person to do it yep. i never would have got to do it mm-hmm. and that work i mean i had a i i kind of knew of the work beforehand but until mm-hmm. i did it i like really like oh i really appreciate this like mm-hmm. let me find out more of like St- stephen schwartz's work mm-hmm. so with the whiz like if you like you can't really wait on you know mm-hmm. black people to arrive <laughs> <laughs> when you know? are they showing up yeah so, like, they should learn that work. They should mm-hmm. know what that music is, especially if you're going into musical theater. Like, it was mm-hmm. a, uh, 
Like, I don't want to say, like, I guess it is important, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say the Wiz is important, but it is. It, it is. Yeah, it in is. a weird, I feel like that's the first. And it won Best Musical. Yeah. That, the year that it was nominated. Fair so enough. it is, you know, a part of, definitely a theater, like, and it's always been a part of theater history, mm-hmm. but like, it's a more prestigious level because mm-hmm. of winning Best Musical. Yeah. And I feel like there's always this really difficult line between appreciating other types of culture and staying in your own lane you know what i mean and i specifically like a lot of people are very sensitive and will cry racial appropriation at the drop of a hat yeah and it's finding that balance yeah like i can i can agree with that Mm-hmm. but at the same time like i feel i don't feel like it's a thin line i feel like with like with the whiz mm-hmm like, there are, like, certain cultural references and things like that in there. But for the most part, like, anyone can tell that story. Yeah. If it's an all-white production of Joe Turner's Come and Gone, that's mm. a whole this, different thing. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay. It's but... an August Wilson work. Okay. Um, you're you're discovering something about me, which is I am completely theater, theater illiterate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, August Wilson mm-hmm. uh, wrote 10 plays uh, all within the like 1900s, 1910s, and so on. Like mm-hmm. a play for each decade, recounting okay. the African-American experience oh. in America, specifically in the in Pittsburgh, okay. in that area. So that doing one of those, they're really great plays. Yeah. Um, so like taking on one of those works. Would be a little insensitive. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. That's fair, yeah. Um, and, like, The King and I, I know a friend that was in The King and I. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of schools have done The King and I. Yeah. And, like, community theaters and all of that. Yeah. But when you start getting into, like, oh, we're going to do your eyes, uh, like, mm-hmm. made up in a way so you look more... Like, that's, that's where it gets inappropriate. Yeah. We all know that you're in Siam based on the context of the script itself. There's no need for all of that. Agreed. We know the story. So that's where I, you know. Yeah. That's where I think, like, the line is drawn. Like, just, I think, like, if you were just... Just... No makeup or just, like, just doing the show, people would just accept it. Yeah. You know? It's a well-known story. They'll suspend their disbelief. Yeah. That's what's always kind of bothered me. Like, there's this really great Robin Williams movie called Jacob the Liar, and it's set in Poland during during World War II, and basically um, this character gets access to a radio, and he hears a little news, and then he says that, and so other people are like, oh, you have a radio, because that was more loud in the ghetto, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole movie, and it's really beautiful and wonderful, um, but this whole movie, he's doing this, you know, kind of Polish-Russian accent, but they're all speaking English. So it doesn't make a damn bit of sense for them to be doing accents. It's kind of like, it's a more milder form of what you're saying, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, no, yeah, I understand. It just doesn't make, in the context <laughs> of the thing, like, we're all speaking English the other way. What, what are you doing? But that reminds me. Ooh, but do you have more to it. say? No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> That reminds me, like, um... This time is for you. Things about... Or films and plays set in, like, ancient Egypt. Yes. Or ancient times. Like, everyone has a freaking British accent. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Like, um, people feel the need, like, to put on an accent, like, a British accent. They're doing Hamlet. And I was like, it's in Denmark. Den- if it, Have you heard a Danish accent? It's to be I or have- not to be, that is the question. I'm like, please I mean, don't. I, I know. <laughs> 
Okay, much ado is said in Italy. Yes. But we're still doing British accents. Yes, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I know, I totally agree. Um, I remember um, in my last year of high school, one of... Uh, we were, were working on Shakespeare in a class, and one of my friends, he starts doing Hamlet, and he starts doing a very, you know, very posh sort of thing. He's like, why are you doing that? Like, number one, the exact same point, it's in Denmark, yeah. so if you're going to do an accent, do a Danish one. Number two, to, just don't, fuck, just be yourself, please. Just, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Craig Ferguson does this great bit of, like, specifically, like, Roman times. Because like they're all Italian, yeah. and they go, "Yes, I would. I dare say I sh- should execute these <laughs> Greeks. Yes, that's right." Um, and it's like, if anything, it'd be like, "Come on, you gotta <laughs> kill these fuckers," you know that kind of thing. <laughs> it's just bizarre, and I think it's because, um, like, if specifically for like movies made in America, anywhere that's not America is England. Yeah, like there's no concept that. Oh wait. <laughs> Yeah, even, like, in Star Trek, Jean-Luc Picard is from, like, yeah. England. Which, you know, thank... For... Okay, side tangent about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> they did one episode. Uh, the director comes up to Patrick Stewart and he's like, can you do a French accent? He's like, not very well. And so there's this take of him going, space, the final frontier. And it's just the worst. Oh, no. Like, Peter Sellers <laughs> style, like, awful British, uh, French accent I've ever heard. But if they revamp um, Next Generation like they did with these, the original ones with mm-hmm. these movies, I would love to see, like, Jean Reno play Jean-Luc Picard. Or, like, an actual French person, please yeah. and thank you. I think that'd be very cool. But anyway. But yes, I agree. It's bizarre. Um, and I... It's... So that's... <laughs> To be frank, as a white person, that's good to know that that's at least where you draw the line for um, doing plays either about a subject or just featuring, you know what I mean? I feel like if it's not race specific, Mm -hmm. then it should be. Yeah, it should be open for anyone to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, and a lot of people will argue like, oh, well, a lot of plays by black playwrights are about the black experience, Mm -hmm. so... What then? Mm. I'd say read further because the black playwrights that you're probably reading about, the ones that are most prominent, mm-hmm. are not the only black playwrights out there. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Like Lynn Nottage um, wrote a wonderful piece, uh, Las Meninas, and there, I think there are like two black characters, and the rest are all, you know, not black. <laughs> I, I, I forget where it's set mm-hmm. exactly, so I don't want to say, you know. Specific. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. But, like, the work is there if, like, you really look for it as well. Yeah. That makes sense. And, like, there's such a... There's such a wide variety of plays to do nowadays. Because, like, we've been doing it for a bit. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> but we've been doing theater for a while now. No. Yeah. So you could almost, like... It just... started with Hamilton. Yep. Absolutely. That's the end-all, be-all. only thing. Yeah, the only thing that matters. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like... I feel like you can just pick something else, you know, just like, or like if you, if you, like, and a lot of it's, I know a lot of it's well-intended, like there was this, I did this play in high school about a, a Muslim girl coming to a school, a high school, okay. 
and she gets picked on and like because you know she's foreign and like super foreign like doesn't speak english well most of the place around is surrounding her in the esl course yeah and um they could not find a person that was from the middle east that also was a good enough actor so they put a white person in the role and had her do like a vague sort of Eastern European accent. And I'm like, I, yeah, it's like a bit <laughs> problematic. Like, I understand you don't want the quality of acting to go down, but also isn't the point of it to have someone in that role. Yeah. yeah like, and finding that balance as well. And I feel like there are other ways to go about that as mm-hmm. well. Are you familiar with the show Violet at all? No. Okay, it's about this woman who, like, has, like, facial disfiguration. Okay. But the actress playing that character mm-hmm. does not have, like, anything, like, on her face to show that she has, like, a physical, like, yeah. disfiguration. Everyone just reacts to her in that way. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Like, I don't know the script, yeah. but possibly something, something like along that. those lines could have happened. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. Um, and to, in uh, specifically in that case, it would have been... Like, it was kind of done so to educate, like, school kids about no, absolutely. Mid- Middle yeah. Eastern culture. So, like, there's talk about, like, hijabs and stuff like that. But, like, any like everything else could have just been, like, regular clothes, like you're saying, because then it drives home the point, hey, they're just fucking people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to do Cyrano de Bergerac with just no, no prosthetic at all, because, like... Because, like, it's very funny. It is very funny to see a very comically large phallic nose. I understand that. I've studied, <laughs> studied comedia. I get it. But, like, it's just a normal dude. Yeah. With a, who has a big nose. So just hire, like, a big-nosed actor. Hire Adrian Brody to do it. Fuck, that would be really uncomfortable and weird. Or Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, who was in Blade 3. <laughs> <laughs> and the direct DVD, <laughs> the chaperone. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, but I appreciate that deep of a pull. Shit, son. I love Paul Lebeck like nobody's okay. business. I've definitely he heard the is name Triple before. H, a WWE wrestler. <laughs> there it is. Yep. There it is. Um, My love of wrestling also it- knows no bounds <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, you'll appreciate this when Lynn was writing Moana. As soon as he learned um, it was The Rock, he's looked up because he did a it, The Rock was a heel for a little bit. Yeah, and he would do songs about how much the city he was in sucked. So he just watched a bunch of those videos. Like, okay, his range is from here to here. I'm gonna write something in that. And he was yeah, just the like the Rock a, concerts. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they were built. <laughs> it was it was so good. That is excellent. <laughs> I've never been more happy. So. You know, we've reached the part of the program where I don't have a good transition. Okay. Um, Mental health in you, what you can do. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yep. You and I have talked a bit about it, and, like, uh, you got a lot of anxiety. Yeah, depression, anxiety. um, Mm -hmm. Some of those sweet, fresh stunts, too, though, like, there's a good balance. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, please expand on that. Well, you just hit, like, the, the dip... I don't know if it's a dip song, but, like, you went up at the end of the sentence, so it sounded like there was more to the oh, okay. list. So I was like, and this. But, yeah. Um, that was me lacking transition as well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> if you point it out, don't forgive you. That's what I've learned. Um, but, yeah, uh, so 
um, how long has that been pervasive, pervasive and at what point did you like you get diagnosed or how that sort of thing? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it starts where it always starts when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and it did. Like I was a very angry kid, like yeah. just very angry and just frustrated just all the time because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have an outlet yeah. really. Like, I was kind of, like, forced into sports because mm-hmm. that was, like, the family thing. What, what sports um, particularly? Soccer, football, baseball, um, okay. track so like, at one point. Except for basketball. And hockey. Except for basketball, hockey, and tennis. Okay. And I also did golf a bit. Golf's fun. Um, that's, that's... It's more relaxing now. Like, when I was being forced to do it... Yeah. It was a thing, and I also, but I also like asked to do it at mm-hmm. one point, and then when it was like I didn't like it, it was like nope, too late. Like you're sticking with it, which <laughs> I kind of appreciate. Like my parents, like you know, kind of wanting me like to stick out something and not to quit something. Mm-hmm. I only quit one thing, and that was football. Mm-hmm. And I was just like I was just completely just miserable, and mm-hmm. that was my father's sport. My father used to play professionally as oh. well, so it was just like a lot of pressure by the people that knew that my father played professionally and pressure that I put on myself Mm -hmm. really Uh, there wasn't really that much pressure from my father Mm -hmm. um, which is great yeah Um, well played dad yeah Um, but he did pressure me into like sports and like it was just like it was just like family pressure like to do that because like everyone did it and like Mm -hmm. everyone was good at it that's fair. And I could have been good if I actually gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand that as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> though I, I will say I've heard this from so many actors. Yeah, I could have been really good at, you know, but I just wasn't into sports. I could have. I was about to get good and then I quit and did acting. It wasn't even that, though. Yeah. Like, it was no, just like... You're just like, meh. There's like a mixture of gene, but like also like... When I did, like, get into mm-hmm. it, like, the few times that I did. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they just didn't care enough, like, for the follow-through or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I also did, like, um, like my dad also, like, did a lot of, like, camps based around football as well. I'm getting off topic, but, it's like, I'll chill. get back on track. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I have complete faith in you. He also did, like, football camps as well, like, during mm-hmm. the summer. Um, and then, like, like we were all forced to go to those, and it was just like, oh god. There's a fine. Well, it's not a fine line. <laughs> I think there's a, a a balance between having your kids stick with something and realizing they just don't like it. Because, yeah. like, if the kid's like, oh, I'm lazy, I don't want to put in this work, make them do it. Yeah. But if they're like, I genuinely just don't like doing this. And I think for a while they confused my apathy towards it for well, confused my lack of interest with laziness mm-hmm. but I wasn't really trying I, think I wasn't but it wasn't because I was just trying to be lazy I just didn't care to yeah. be there and they also I don't think they knew what else to do with me mm-hmm. because they also like they wanted us to be involved, like, in after-school things. Yeah. Like, as well as we got older. And they're like, well, like, you're not just going to be home. You need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I found theater. Mm-hmm. And then theater ended up 
saving my life and like being my life. Yes, saving my life. Like, oh, mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, you know, yeah, it, theater saved my it, life. But like, it, it does. But it did. Like, yeah. it, like, I was able like to finally access and like express those emotions that I had been repressing all this mm-hmm. time and not really realizing how much that I had internalized my entire life. Yeah. I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that um, angry young men generally hate themselves the most. Yeah. Like, that's something, yeah. like, because they're like, why is he such a dick? It's like, because he doesn't like being around himself and he's yeah. always around himself. That's really what it is. Yeah. I used to be the same way. I was like an angry, emo asshole and was really mean for no reason. But that also came from like having no idea how to socially interact. Like, I started high school, public high school for the first time in the high school age, obviously. But, like, I, up until that, I was homeschooled. So, like, I knew how to act with my family. Gotcha. That was it. Yeah. But back to you. No, but, like, that... All yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's really difficult when you have this tornado of self-loathing and then people are like, how are you? And you're like, I'm fucking fine. Leave me alone. Yeah. Because I want to. But... Like, in school, like, I was fine. Like, I wasn't, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone can be a dick. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's it, true. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah, I could be a dick, like, sometimes. But, like, in class, like, and around my teachers, like, I was always very pleasant. Mm-hmm. And my mother was also a teacher. And sometimes in the same districts as where my sisters and I were in school. That's... Like, oh, that's embarrassing. How having c- a teacher as a parent. Oh, my goodness. Let me it's- tell you. <laughs> 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 it was the thing. It was like, like... Oh, like you're so nice to your teachers, but when you come home, like you're, you know, it's just like, yeah, because I'm not gonna get a failing grade for yeah. being rude to my mom. <laughs> I'm gonna feel bad for it for the rest of my life. You have that yeah. to look forward to, but still, yeah, yeah. So it was just like separating that, and it was just like, it was just like a, it was a whole lot mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, you know, looking back, I was like, oh, you spoiled piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because I, re- I really was, like, looking at my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I work with kids now and just seeing, like, some of their situation. Like, wow. Like, yeah. I really took advantage but didn't take advantage mm-hmm. of, you know, my upbringing. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't, you know, really find out about my depression until after high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, like, I knew it was, like, anger, and I was, like, sad for, like, most of, you know, my time growing up, Mm -hmm. not really knowing what that was about. But I remember my senior year, I had just overloaded myself. Yeah. I was in the two school shows, two community theater shows that Mm -hmm. year. I was the board of education liaison. I was president of the book club. I was in like two other clubs, including like a mentoring thing. Wow. I had just really put a whole lot on myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just like going to Man of La Mancha rehearsal one day mm-hmm. and just like we're like two lights away from the high school and I just start sobbing just out of nowhere. I felt so stupid. I couldn't even communicate with my mother who was just like, what is going on right now? My mother who just like, like parents have seen me cry before, but like never like just out of of nowhere. And like, so she was just like, parents just like, do like, do I need to talk to your director? And so I'm like, I'm taking you home. Like, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a contingency plan like, for I don't this. Know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, no, like I fought through it. Like I went to rehearse because like it was like professionalism. I think like getting professionalism. Like and we were getting close to yeah. opening, so it was just like I, I have to be like, yeah. I, I, like I have no other choice. I've made this commitment. I remember I just being through. like completely just shut down the entire day, mm-hmm. and the next day at school. I remember because I also had my director in like uh, our advanced theater class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm about to leave to go to my final period, and he was like, uh, "Can you hold back a second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> and I hate love him for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe Farina. Um, he was like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but like you are a leader in this program. I need you to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which is kind of like, oh, my gosh, really? But, like, it's what I needed to hear. And yeah. you know what? I got it together. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so fascinating. Um no, but yeah. Sorry. What? No, it's fine. That's really <laughs> funny. That's like wow. Um, yeah, I I was thinking, um, and it's interesting to know because, like, at a certain point, when you I think specifically when you're depressed, you start coping by like trying to fill that void with finding ways for people to appreciate you. So putting yourself yeah. specifically in places of leadership. Um, I remember I did that a lot in my theater community as well because I wanted to feel respected because mm-hmm. I I constantly felt like everyone hated me and um, to contrast like as what like I remember there were I almost had the opposite problem of you is what I'm saying whenever mm-hmm. I wasn't in a show like I did like a show once every month or once every two months like okay. we had like three or four community theaters I was really lucky that way um, so I was constantly moving and the minute I wasn't in a show. I just felt awful and just I couldn't stand it and I had all this energy and like it makes sense now yeah (laughs) but like at the time I was just like I just I'm not happy and and I do feel like and I feel like specifically because because men are told that they should be leaders more often than women I feel like oh for sure and I think men specifically go to places of leadership and try to validate themselves by leading a group of people and I remember I got into a lot of fights because me and this other guy coming up would try and both lead the thing and we couldn't sit down and just like compromise essentially and we were just two 16 year old boys that were yelling and trying to like lead the same thing and I've gotten to a point and I'm glad that I have that when I'm not the leader I'm like thank Christ (laughs) I don't have any pressure on me I can just goof around it's chill but yeah um so so um how did it did it change when you started going to high school did it get worse like or uh, sorry when you went into college sorry I misspoke um like going freshman from... year was like it was really rough mm-hmm. because I grew up in this very diverse town, and like yeah. I don't mean just black and white, but there were Middle Eastern, Hispanic, Asian, like everybody was represented in this school. Yeah, and then I went to Stockton University, as it's called, referred to now, mm-hmm. which is in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. It was like eighty percent white. Wow, and it was just like. Where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Where did they go? And I was like, my RA was black, mm-hmm. 
and there was uh, an Asian American on my floor as well, mm-hmm. and then me, and like that was the diversity of the floor. Wow. And right next door was the Asian American, mm-hmm. and he had a roommate who just never really was around people of another race. Mm-hmm. So he just, and it took. It took until, like, a couple of years ago for me to, like, really understand. I wish I had the time back with him mm-hmm. to, like, really be like, I'm sorry for how I was to you. Yeah. Because I, was, I wasn't I was really that, like, I tried to be patient at times, but, like, I really didn't understand how hard it was for him. Okay. I was just focusing on how hard it was for me to be in the situation with someone who's just running off at the mouth, just saying inappropriate nonsense Mm -hmm. but he just he didn't know any better yeah and i think like there were times that he really did try to do better he just didn't know how and i didn't have the patience yeah to like really work things out with him Mm -hmm. so i I have regrets about that but Mm -hmm. like it was really difficult in that respect Mm -hmm. and just i mean even with people who were around black people before like it was still just kind of rough at times like yeah. people who had black friends are like let them say the n-word so they feel like they could just say the n-word to any black person it was just like no 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 one does not speak for all friend no. that's not how it goes mm-hmm. um but like it really was like a great year overall looking back for yeah. sure because we really did like as a floor like even like even within those instances like the floor as a whole, like, was really got along for the most part. Well, that's good. Like, we would, like, go, like, get lunch together or dinner together or whatever. Like, we were usually, like, hung out with the people on our floor. Mm. Like, we were really tight in that respect. Like, these are the people, like, that I'm going to eat with. Like, and I know that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was it was difficult at the time, just, like, moving through what that was and just trying to figure out who I was because um, I was also like finally putting together my sexuality as mm-hmm. well yeah which was a whole <laughs> a, whole, <laughs> a whole, whole other layer of yeah. just I suppose it's so like I think that first year at school for everyone is such a difficult thing yeah to cope with and like I remember that a lot of people were coming in and and trying to find someone to like be romantically involved yeah. with as well and like unless you're like really like you were saying kind of piecing together sexual i'm like I, you shouldn't do that because that first year i feel like you gotta figure out who the hell you are away from your parents yeah because that's a huge thing but yeah um so do you want to talk a little bit about that process of figuring out who you were in the boudoir <laughs> <laughs> As well, or do you want to save that for a rounded two of this podcast? <laughs> oh, I've already invited back. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. It's an open door policy. Okay. Yeah. I'll be back next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and every week after, I'm going to just sit on other interviews. It'll now be Tristan Miller uh, with co host. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, 
we can get we can get into a bit of it. Okay, go for it. But, but no, sex is like a whole other like we yeah. could go for hours on you mm-hmm. know what that is and also culturally what that is as well. But yeah. that's a whole other. I'd layer. imagine. Yeah. And that was where a lot of the problem was for me admitting it, mm-hmm. being a bisexual, mm-hmm. because I had told my parents. It did not go well. <laughs> um, my mother is okay with it, I mm-hmm. think, now. My father and I, we just, we don't talk about it. Yeah. It's just not not discussed. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But my father, well, my father's side of the family is like super, super religious. Like yeah. uh, my uncle is an evangelist, uh, evangelical minister. Mm-hmm. Who, like, goes off on, like, these mission trips, like, wow. to preach the word of God and, like, does, like, does really great work mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. And I remember, like, going to, uh, my dad grew up in West Virginia. Okay. And what they refer to as the patch. Mm. Um, WV. Yeah. And he, I remember going to my grandma's church service down there because she still lives in like pretty much their hometown in West Virginia. Sorry, just the sentence, she still lives. You mean she's still alive? Like, that was just very oh. fun. She still lives. <laughs> I was like, I didn't assume she wasn't. <laughs> she Wait. still lives in the town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a pregnant pause. Yeah. Sorry, there was. Yep. It's chill. Um. <laughs> I just. My mind fills in gaps quicker than any. It's all good because had I been on the reverse of that, I would have been just <laughs> on the same lines, I'm sure. Yep. But I remember going to a church service and mm-hmm. like the pastor just making fun of this gay man who had come into the church like oh, to no. ask questions. And like oh, that no. stuck with me forever. To the point where it's like, well, no one on that side of the company is ever going to know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but my cousin was up here recently. Yeah. And we were talking and like, I kind of like slipped up and like, she kind of caught it and she was like, we love you no matter what. Just like, just know that. Oh, that's <laughs> And I was nice. like, cool. And I was like, Thanks. but I have concerns about mm-hmm. blah, blah, this blah. person, this person, this person. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, well, I mean. I love you. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> but, like, I know what she meant. Yep. And, like, I'm sure, like, you know, family overall would be, like, cool eventually. But yeah. it's just... Yeah, my sisters kind of went through a similar thing. Um, because they really have opened up about um, their own sexuality and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, uh, I was grew up in South Dakota, so like oh, they're all very staunch religious people, yeah. and so and every time, every time we, there's always something new for them to discuss because like even when it came to like the whole like mental illness thing, like it took my grandfather, my mother's side is very, he is he's like. This sounds rude, but he's where it all stems from on her side, all like the bipolarity and all that. Okay. And he's not very accepting of his diagnosis, which okay. is difficult. Yeah. So like, even like he has the thing and he still doesn't like, he fights with it. And then, so like that kind of has a trickle down effect, but what's been really beautiful is seeing every generation be more accepting about it, you know, down the family tree, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah. 
And um, so, like, basically my point was, Philia, it's tough. Sorry you have to go through that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. And most of the side of the family doesn't know. Some of them will find out through this podcast. Yeah. Hi. Is what it is. How's it going? Uh, <laughs> I love my family dearly. I, I look really, forward I really to do. your letters. <laughs> <laughs> At least do a nice postcard. <laughs> It was nice knowing you and having you in my life in the time that I did. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it might take yeah. time. It might, you know, it just, it is what it is. I, you never know how people are going to react. I and mean, a lot of, like, just the coming out, like, to friends. Yeah. Has always been, like, an interesting thing. Especially, like, my friends, uh, like, in this city. Yeah. Like, when that, like, situation arises. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well. <laughs> and they're like... Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. well, you like you never know how mm-hmm. people are going to react. Like, I've I've had people just completely cut me out of their wow. lives. What do you once th- th- do? You think it's contagious, or I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, and mm-hmm. that's that's their problem. That's yeah. their problem. Yeah. Like I can't. That's that. That's also a very good. Like, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, and everything to do with them. Like, it took me a while, like, to come to that, but yeah. like nowadays, I'm just like, well, I mean. And fuck you then. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't be live your, your live your life. Chase I'm gonna live bliss. mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, your bliss uh, involves shutting people out of your life for stupid, arbitrary reasons. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you're you know the Church of Scientology of people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with you, so you are. Mm. I forget the word. I've been watching that Leah Remini AMA yeah. show. <laughs> I know there's a word for it. Um. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, and you're saying... And I, right. I actually am very interested. Um, culturally, you're saying it's difficult. And... Yeah. I, I mean, you have no... You can't speak to the other side of, like, being white and not straight. But what's it like? Because I feel like it's a very different experience being black and not being straight. I would it's, imagine. Yeah, that's a whole... much bigger conversation, yeah. I think. So okay. I don't want to spend too much uh, okay. time on it. But, like, there is, like, this stigma because of, and certainly not all, and mm-hmm. it's becoming less and less. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, black people and the church, and especially, mm-hmm. like, black southern churches and, yes. like, how they feel about, you know, homosexuality or, any, like, anything having to do with the LGBTQ... R-S-T-U-V. And, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> N-C-I-S. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that... Yeah, I would... That that makes sense to me. That yeah. it would be so integral. And it's... That was actually... It was been really wonderful about living out here is that, like, no one gives a shit... And it's not even like, like they're supportive, but also more importantly, they just don't care. I disagree. Yeah. I mean, if you are LGT, I think that's accepted. Okay. A whole lot more than bisexuals are. That's fair. I haven't heard a lot about that because of the internet. Um, But yeah, and that makes, I, I specifically feel like being... Being a dude and being bisexual, people are like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. You're just secretly yeah. gay, and then you like kissing girls sometimes because it's fun. Yeah, and like, I 
I get why some people do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the percentage of people who do this, but mm-hmm. gay men who are afraid of their family, like, shunning them, saying, like, oh, but no, I'm I'm bisexual. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying this thing. Mm-hmm. And they use that as, like, a gateway to, like... <laughs> it's the marijuana of sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just makes the rest of us look bad. Yep. And or... it's just like, well, like, we exist. And then, mm-hmm. like, we're shunned... On both sides, sometimes yeah. from the LGBT community, well, the LGBT community and mm-hmm. straight people, yeah, as well. Like it's just like, no, you're just gay, or like, no, you're just trying this, or mm-hmm. like, oh, you need you need to pick a side. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm on your guys, like, because I'm not fully straight, so like, I'm on the queer side of things. Of that, I would imagine is the way, like, because like. And it's all a spectrum, anywho. Like, yeah. you people just have preferences, and that's unless they're like illegal. <laughs> and yeah. even though some of them are okay, in as much as like being gay was illegal for a bit, but as long as they don't actively hurt any small children or animals, we're good. Um, as long, okay, that this is what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm getting to the point. As long <laughs> as it is consensual, it is okay. There it is. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah? No, you don't believe in that? I don't. Okay. Go on. Just because a child could conceivably say yes, but that does not mean that it's... Well, in the eyes of the law, conceivably, like, they can't... Like, it's the thing of, like, they can say yes, but they're not in charge of their own being yet. So oh, you're talking of like, the... We're talking about it? the age of consent. Age of consent. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Then yeah. Then yeah. Okay. Fair We're enough. We're talking about that. But like, gotcha. absolutely, you like, I see what you're saying. Yes. There could be a situation where a child was like, yeah, that sounds fine, but that doesn't count because in the eyes of the law, that doesn't count. Gotcha. I misunderstood. It's so all right. right. Yeah. yeah. Totally okay. Um, and I'm glad we cleared that yeah. up because <laughs> I didn't want you and you're like, well, Tristan was really cool. Now I never want to see him again. I was going to be on his talk show every week, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I have heard a lot about a bi, bi erasure and stuff like that. And, but it like, I guess maybe I'm just around people who are like, good for you. It like, so, so much of it, like, also, like, just doesn't... Oh, yeah, just real Go quick, ahead. just a real quick... Don't congratulate anybody on coming out. That's just... Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fair. It's like, good on you, whatever. It doesn't really, like, cool. Like, what? What? Like, someone, like, legitimately yeah. congratulated me. I was like... <laughs> well, like... Great for you, man. Like, congratulations. I'm just like, no. Like, this is, like, I didn't win a prize. <laughs> Life just got harder. Don't congratulate me on that. I wouldn't, like, it's kind of along the same I would never say, congratulations, you're black. Like, it's just part of you. Like, it's just part of who you are. Cool. I like you. We're good. Yeah. Fuck. Like I get like your heart's in the right place, but it's just like yeah. no, don't don't do that. <laughs> and I feel like it comes to that same thing of like how straight, specifically straight white people get really nervous because like. And it was a straight white guy. Exactly, we get really <laughs> nervous, <laughs> and we're like, uh, 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 is this? I want to be encouraging. Is this helping? I don't know. I just want no. to make sure that I'm okay with you. Please don't hate me. Yeah. 
Which I think the main that's the main problem if the objective of whatever it is you're saying to the person, whatever minority they are, is don't hate me. Well, then that's that's the selfish thing to do. And don't mm-hmm. say that. Say, well, how can I be supportive instead? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But that's part two. But that's part there's, two. There's that's part whole, two. Yeah, because we're going to get into the whole roommate situation <laughs> yep. and like how that process goes and all that. Mm-hmm. But um, back to being <laughs> back sad to and being scared. being sad and depressed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and miserable and thinking I'm going to die alone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we all died screaming. <laughs> I do like how we both have the audacity to laugh at that. It was like that moment with Melissa last night. She was so horrified oh, at that yeah. suicide joke I made. Yes. And you and I are laughing Just, our ass yeah. Well, I like I I laugh at it as someone who has like tried to mm-hmm. before. So like it's just like Yep. <laughs> so like I can like appreciate like humor about that because it's just like Yeah, it's you like, know, like yeah. when you've like gone through it. <laughs> yeah. But like I can imagine it being like horrible, like if Melissa like knew somebody who had committed yeah. suicide. Absolutely. Because then then like then it's like this, yeah. like it's it's a wrap. Yeah, on that. it's it's like, hard. There's it, like it has to be around like the right people for like it's for a <laughs> joke like that to work. Yeah, agreed. Because um, it's not like a funny thing, no, it, but it's not inherently funny. What, it's not what, inherently, yeah. What I think made it funny was uh, just the surprise of it. Yes. Also, I didn't know I was going to say that, and that's why I laughed because I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that came out of my mouth." Um, uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, um, but freshman year is mm-hmm. like, I was going through all of that stuff and mm-hmm. exploring my sexuality and like figuring out like what that was and being very paranoid and like nervous about how the pe- especially the people on my floor would take it. Like if I brought a, a dude, dude back to the apartment like it never happened like i didn't really have any male interests that year Mm. um that's side note with uh bisexuality and one of the main reasons like well that's at least what i've seen being very frustrated it's like even if like people who say they're bi end up with the opposite sex then they're like no you're not then and it's just like no yeah that is what this actually means idiots but anyway because i i yeah sorry yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I feel very strongly about this particular subject oh, so as well. Do I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember start a splinter podcast that's just about like, hey, sex positive, yeah. sex positive sex and negative. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. No, that could that could that could go badly as well. <laughs> well, we reveal your HIV test live on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need you to start talking so I can <laughs> Okay, but back to the ta- sad, depressed, uh, miserable Tyler freshman year. I remember like they offered free like mental health things at like our wellness center oh, on that's campus, really great. which was really great. <coughs> and so Shit. I went when I was having like a real like downswing, like I was really yeah. like just getting to the point again of just like wanting to take my life, like mm-hmm. everything is too difficult, like I'm just in this place. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that at that point I had the wherewithal, like get your ass over there mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. do something about it. And then uh, they had me talk to this counselor 
and I saw him one time and never again. Yeah. <laughs> when Story you of my life. Yeah. I am a very like I'm a I'm a curmudgeon. Yeah. And it took me a while to like really accept that about myself. Mm-hmm. Cause for a while, like it was just kind of like I would say curmudgeonly things and it kind of just became my role in my group of friends. But then I was like, <laughs> no, this is who I am. <laughs> and I'm learning to be okay with that. Yeah. And I remember he wanted me to take my emotions and put them in a box. And I was like, and we're done. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're done here. Mm. That is not for me. <laughs> that is hippie nonsense. And I will have none of it. <laughs> hippie nonsense. Like it just like just yeah. it just sounded like such bullshit for someone like me like yeah. for, i'm sure it works for other people or else mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have suggested that to me like absolutely i can't imagine him like on year 15 of being like this guy like <laughs> okay you're angry this week Put day 1054 <laughs> yeah the emotions in the box has yet to work <laughs> <laughs> but i'm he's like a bad stand-up comic <laughs> just trying the same joke over and over fuck that's <laughs> yeah so i'm sure i'm sure it worked but like it's uh-huh. just thing. um <laughs> also depressingly so like years later yeah i'm at my big brother big sister interview yeah and i'm relaying this story and she was like <laughs> well you probably haven't found the right one and I could probably point you in the direction. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, so like you know that I need help. That's wonderful. <laughs> I got approved though. So good. Well, good that's nice. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, that must. Oh, that wouldn't be very like any other city. I feel like you apply for the Big Brother Big Sister program, and they're like, okay, so he's a black depressed bisexual who was admitted to yeah admitted to attempting suicide having suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts do we (laughs) want him around these children (laughs) anywhere else they'd be like nope so good on you new york i guess yeah but like i also like i i think it was because i also work with students i was Mm -hmm. a substitute teacher for a while as well you're also like a level-headed good dude so like there's that too (laughs) And I can feign, uh, you know, sanity. Yeah. As well. I am an actor. Yes. <laughs> um, flip, flip. Yes. Yeah. the hair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I always find it's tricky. And, like, I've talked to a lot of people about therapists because, like, it's so important. Because a lot of people will go and they'll see, like, one, maybe two, and they go, well, this isn't for me. Yeah. When really, the, I think the correct response is, this person wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think, specifically, and it depends on your condition, how well you handle things. And um, your insurance. And your insurance. That's why I don't go to a therapist right now, because I can't afford it. Fair enough. Which is frustrating, because I yeah. would willingly go, and I would willingly try to fix my brain. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, sending out for the home lobotomy kit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's something that a lot of people, because like a therapist is also a person and they don't have a lot of solutions and they're going to come from different ways to deal with different things and that's something that a lot of people don't realize because like they view them as like a doctor. You know what I mean? When you go yeah. to see a general physician, you kind of just show up and they do your physical and then you move on. Whereas like mm-hmm. it's such a temperamental thing. But 
So, I'm sorry that your first experience with a counselor was bad. It was so bad. Yeah. I've, I've had that similarly. Like, when I was in, like, 16, there was this, like, old... He, like, looked 80. I'm sure he was, like, 55. But he, to me, he was ancient. <laughs> and he was just this old Minnesota guy. Yes, okay. And he, like, didn't... I don't know. It was just very difficult to communicate with him because also you're yeah. a 16 year old boy trying to talk about your feelings to an older man and i'm like yeah Ew. so i get it there's you have to find the right but person. that was my second time yeah with a counselor oh yeah the first time like my parents set it up yeah in high school there was a high school counselor mm-hmm. and like i the guy like got me to open up and i talked and i remember getting home and my dad mm-hmm. was like oh this is how you feel about this no, and no, I was no, like, no, no. what? It was not clear to me that what I said in that room was yeah. going to be taken out of that room. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Oh, no. And my parents had, like, tried before as well, like, to get me to go to somebody. It just, like, went, like, um, during, like, the real angry years, which is probably, mm-hmm. like, middle school, like, seventh yeah. grade. And I was like, well, your dad knows someone. I was like, nope. Nope. I don't want anyone that either one of you knows. Yep. I like, think that's do a good not move. want that. I want to be able to speak freely about what's going on with me. Absolutely. And so when that happened, I was like, yep, done. <laughs> <laughs> and just completely closed off again. Um, do you still find that like the way your depression hits you, it still makes you like it turns into anger really quickly? Or is it more of a melancholic thing these days? More, it's melancholic. Yeah. Okay. Kind it of... takes a lot nowadays to really get me angry. Yeah. It doesn't take much to annoy me, but like it takes a lot. <laughs> oh, I to know. Really get... <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about the whoopee cushion, didn't you? <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's. I feel like this sounds like stupid because I'm only like tw- almost 24. Uh, like, but anger is like a young man's game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. like, teenage boys are always pissed off because they like aren't getting laid and like don't know how to handle themselves yet. Yeah. But by the time you you kind of mill out, I was like, I do feel horrible about myself, but I'm just gonna let it sink in and just really breathe in this mm-hmm. depression <laughs> rather than Argh! yeah, but yeah. Um, okay, that makes sense. Um, from there, where'd you go? Like, or what'd you do? It, to fix it or uh, to help just the same old coping mechanisms of okay. just i need adoration yeah <laughs> <laughs> so back to the stage and here i come please <laughs> and i got me. super super involved with theater club and yeah. like taking on um mm-hmm. you know roles there mm-hmm. uh, well also freshman year was really hard because i wasn't getting in anything no. Until like the end of the year, I was in like a theater club production, mm-hmm. um, which helped. That helped a bit. Mm-hmm. And I remember sophomore year was like when I first got a role in a show, mm-hmm. and then from there, <laughs> took off. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was also difficult there. But like once I was back on stage and like doing that, things like were good again for me. I still had, like, my downswing days or downswing weeks. It wasn't really, like, months of, like, mm-hmm. prolonged thing, but, like, days or, like, a week or so here and there. Like, mm-hmm. I would be, like, 
why really wasn't wanting to like it would be like an hour and a half process to just get out of my bed Mm -hmm. in the morning um but then you know junior year i was pretty good senior year great Mm -hmm. um then that summer like it was like another like crashing thing Mm -hmm. and i think just like because i was in another transition period in my life Mm -hmm. and i think it all like kind of came crashing down again and it came crashing down (laughs) in like the worst possible time um i was hired like I was going to be paid for my directorial debut. Oh, very nice. Uh, and I was. And mm-hmm. I was going to. I was paid, mm-hmm. which was great. I was never paid again to direct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's still hope. Tyler. There's still hope. Um, but it, w- it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, I directed the show that was up in Atlantic City. Really great, really great crowds. Eventually that run was. But I remember, I think it was just the combination of the pressure of that and things going wrong during tech, like, Mm-hmm. There was like uh, a pipe, like oh, burst no. and like leaked onto the stage. Like when we showed it for rehearsal, it was just like, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. We open in like a day, <laughs> <laughs> and then there were like relationship things going on as well. And then I had like, I also during this production had to step into a role while oh, directing no. because we just could like a guy dropped out, and then we couldn't fill the role, and it was like. Somebody's got to do it, and I guess it mm-hmm. has to be me because mm-hmm. it couldn't have been the stage manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like the night we opened, if I had not gotten as drunk as I did, I would have killed myself. Fair enough. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And like looking back, it was like, how stupid yeah. <laughs> would that have been? had had it happen like i can't imagine like just sitting in purgatory like waiting for judgment and just being like oh fuck this like this is what did it this is that's what put me over the edge this This? is the hill i died on (laughs) fuck what an idiot yep that's but it was like it was just like a whole like looking back like was it was just it was just a lot of pressures putting on myself that Mm -hmm. people were putting on me Right. It was just like everything just happened like all at once. It felt like, and it was just like, I give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. I feel like. Uh. Whenever, I've ever like, and I have th- this kind of fun thing where, <laughs> my brain has taken I want to kill myself to mean I don't want to be in this situation, which is really frustrating. So I think about like. I think those words probably on an average at least at least eight times a week. Yeah, I remember, uh, who were you talking to? It was on positives and negatives oh, yeah. where you were talking about, like, oh, yeah. I want to kill myself. So, <laughs> um, Alex Spieth, probably. Uh, yeah. Because, like, a lot of times it doesn't mean that, but, like, also whenever I, like, really, like, have felt bad. I oh, will, okay. Sorry. You know, it's fine. Um, uh, about it is um, I've always remembered, oh, I have something to do. Like, I have plans. I can't. I have plans. And, like, I know when I was a young man, I played the Silver Bowl. No, uh, sorry, that was just a little bit of Tommy coming out. That was. Um, Nice reference. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But when I was a young man, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. Um, No, when I was a young man um, and I was doing these shows, I know a lot of it was, like, 
I'm giving myself commitments so I don't commit something else. Um, okay, if if yeah. that makes sense. No, um, absolutely it does. And I feel like... So it's interesting. The reason I bring this up is to contrast what you're saying no, no, about no, too yeah. much pressure. And it's interesting to see how people cope differently. Because I know I've... like, And this, like, um, this last year... Last couple years ago, um, it's been like two years since, um, I, w- I was just got over a bad breakup and I was really feeling bad. And I was like, man, I just fucking hate this. Two things happened. Number one, I was like, I can't kill myself. There's a new Star Wars movie. Which is whatever like, works. Exactly. <laughs> whatever like, I need to know works. what happens. And then the other thing was I was at a train station in Minneapolis and I was eating a slice of pizza and it got caught in my throat and I started choking and no one was helping me. Like there were people at the train station, they didn't understand what was going on. Luckily, obviously, I didn't die. Yeah. But that almost dying was like, Nope, I'm cool. I actually like this a lot. Thanks, God. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever is up there. <sighs> but yeah, um, that's rough, man. Um, but that also reminds me, though, that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so it is like the dumbest thing in the world. But I'm mm-hmm. also like terrified of death. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do this like joke. I'll like have panic attacks over the thought of like what happens after I die. Yeah, what if there's nothing? What yep, if this yep. happens? And I'm just like. I, I do this. Like I don't have I don't have that much time <laughs> left. I'm 25, and then like, what if I die tomorrow? And it's just like I start like getting panicked, and like mm-hmm. I get into like a whole thing, and I'm just like, I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. When's it gonna get me in my sleep seven feet ahead of me? Yes, um, I do this joke as well. It's like it's difficult having anxiety and depression at the same time because on the one hand you have depression that goes I just want to die, and the other hand you have anxiety that goes But what if you do? Yes, yes, <laughs> that's that. Yes, yes, all of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely that, and that's like every every waking moment is just like this conflict of like <sighs> and that's why like people who are anxious and depressed are often like angry because there's you whenever you talk to them you're startling them out of that conflict in their mind and it has nothing to do with you but they're like what oh i'm sorry you startled me i was trying to not kill myself or whatever yeah. it is but yeah absolutely um do you uh this is kind of a weird kind of segue. Do you get performance anxiety when you go on stage? I mean, absolutely. But, like, I'm, like, a ball of nerves until I've entered the scene. Okay. And do you use it, like, I know I used to specifically a lot when I was younger. I'd use, like, a character as, like, armor and, like, kind of hide them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, and I'm also terrified of just basic public speaking. yeah. Like, if we were doing this in front of, like, a crowd of people, like, I would have to have my back to the audience the mm-hmm. entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it. I wow. try to do, like, it was not like a debate club, like a speech class. Yeah. Like, my freshman, that was, like, the freshman seminar was, like, doing, like, getting up and, like, doing speeches on topics and things. And I was, I was awful. Yeah. Was awful. <laughs> and it's just, because I didn't have anything to really hide around. Mm-hmm. And I was writing the script, and yeah. I'm not a writer. And so I didn't have, like, these words to kind of hide behind either. It was just, like, it was just me, just bare yeah. in front of all of these people. And I can't do it. Also, like, and I also, because I sing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like I I don't really sing just like sing just to sing in front of people anymore really mm-hmm. like when I'm asked like I did like this thing over the summer because yeah. it was like the fourth university of this theater company that I was very involved with and they asked me to sing like these songs but like only for them really would I have done that yeah because like I'm not in a character in this moment yeah yes the song has a story but like I've been given no direction mm-hmm. <laughs> in this yeah. moment and there's always that moment of and it always happens like during rehearsal process too like eventually I get over because there's a director there to help me mm-hmm. but it's like <laughs> yeah. like Jack Donaghy doing that GE commercial like uh, what do I what do I do with my arms yeah. <laughs> and then Starts stands with like, the, two, the two coffee mugs as yep. well this feels right yep <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most beautiful episodes because, like, it just brings him so low. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, like, that, like, I just, I I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I need someone to, like, really, like, walk me through what to do or else, like, I falter completely. That's fair. In those moments because I don't have anything to hide behind. Like, these are my choices. Yeah. So, so uh, there's a whole lot of anxiety there. Yeah, that must have been a very nervous, nerve-wracking to start putting together Ajax then. Cause, I like, did Ajax for that reason. Yeah. It's still a bit of armor. Mm-hmm. But it's just you. It's just me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just me on stage by myself. Somewhat of my words, because I, mm-hmm. I have been very closely involved with the writing of the piece itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... It's going to be a challenge, and it was a challenge just even at that reading. Yeah. It was just, oh boy, like, yeah. <laughs> what if I fail? Like, because it's also like it's a passion project for me as well, because I mm-hmm. love this character so much. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that reason, yeah. <laughs> understand why I'm so in love with this character. Mm-hmm. But just because I see a lot of myself in him, it's especially in like the public speaking, Ajax was not a speaker. Yeah. That was not his thing. Mm-hmm. A doer, not yeah, a was, talker. Yeah, doer, not a talker. Yeah. And so I just really connected with him with that and, like, family and the whole suicide thing as well mm-hmm. and, like, the depression he feels. And yeah. so there's just, like, so much there that I feel connected to. But, like, I've also done Ajax before. So, yeah. like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, Comfort. I have room to, like... Because yeah, comfort yeah. for sure. Because in Sophocles' script, he has like these three-page-long monologues where mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> him talking, just him talking, talking, talking. He, he doesn't talk until he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So like that kind of pressure was alleviated of mm-hmm. me, and also like the pressure of playing a historic figure. Yeah. And also being of a different race of that historic figure that mm-hmm. also like a weight was taken off of that as well. Um having done it before and having Mm -hmm. done it in Greece before. So I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, they were fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you to judge me? Come on, fuck off. The Greeks are cool. So (laughs) back off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, um, it's one of those things like, and that's why so many stand-up comics get super drunk before they go on. Cause like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so many. Yes. Specifically, like, <laughs> open micers, because you, you're generally required to buy a drink anyway, and then you might just buy one when you can buy seven. Like, there's that thing. Um, <laughs> and, like, they go on hammered because, like, it soothes their nerves. And, like, 
the McElroys even like they talk about like yeah no we we have like a, a fifth of whiskey back there and we we have a couple drinks so we're not fucking nervous and i thought about drinking before this podcast because yeah. i've i've been sweating this entire time oh, i know it's okay you're not the first person um to come to that conclusion as well and it is like it's, like it's so the way i like i i i get terrible stage fright but it's never based off of like oh people won't like me or anything like that it's always like i'm gonna forget something like, because uh, I have a yeah. bad memory and I can't focus very well. And so I'm always worried that I'm going to forget some sort of part of whatever it is I'm doing. Specifically, like you and I were in a Shakespeare show together. Yeah. Remembering all those lines and making sure they're all word perfect is and making them come out natural. It was very difficult for me because for a little bit there, I didn't really commit to the project because I was doing a bunch of other things and I wasn't putting a lot of work into it. Which, hi, Melissa. Um, <laughs> I committed. I knew all my. <laughs> and it was one of those things of like within the, like we were about three weeks away from opening. And I was like, well, shit, I'm in this thing. I can't back out now. I got to just commit to the bit and just do it. Mm -hmm. But like when it comes to stand up as well, I'm like always worried that I'm going to forget something. And but what it's also come down to is I realized that like the way I get over being nervous in front of people is because I'm worried that I'm going to make an ass of myself. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I make an ass of myself because then I don't have to worry about it because it's happened. Okay. It's over. Yeah. I say something dumb or I do something stupid. People laugh. Then we're like, good. That's out of the way. Moving on. <laughs> and it's kind of a weird, it happens in social situations too, but it's a kind of a weird defense mechanism, but it's made me have three podcasts, I guess. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's some success there. Yeah. Um, Anxiety is the worst part, I think, personally for me, because like I can deal with going, I feel empty, I or I feel like I'm bursting forth of this energy. But the minute I'm scared for no reason, I feel like an insane person and not in control, and it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should wrap it up. Okay. But thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really <laughs> fascinating. It was a really good conversation. Top marks. Awesome. Can't wait for part two. Yep. Enjoy the ride.